everyone, I'm Katherine Rudder and you're listening to Life in the Fast Chain. It has been a second since I posted an episode and I would like to blame that on the smashing success Corticon 2018 was a few weeks ago. Uh, we had so many people who came out for both Dev Day and Biz Day and it was great to meet a bunch of people in the R3 community building on Corda or just wanting to learn more about R3 and Corda in general. On this episode, Austin Moothart and I talk about nodes, and I have the CEO of Cochava, Charles Manning, on talking about their digital advertising platform exchange and how blockchain can help solve a lot of problems in the digital advertising world. Whew, so let's get to it. Austin Moothart, thank you for coming in. How has your week been so far? It's great. It's nice to be back in the New York office after oh, a bit yeah. of a week away. Yeah. You've been traveling. What were you doing? Uh, I was just out in Seattle, Washington, which is home. So. Oh, yeah. that's so nice. It's a good way to celebrate the birthday out there with the family. It's nice. But man, it's nice to be back in New York. Yeah. Did you get some time to yourself? Just because a little bit, I feel yes. like you're always working so hard. Yeah, it's lovely. You get a step away and yes, you get a lot more uninterrupted time, which is delightful. Yeah, I didn't know you were from out there. Yes, Pacific Northwest. That's where uh, the casual and the t-shirts and all that stuff, that's come from. That's where it comes in. Mm -hmm. It all (laughs) comes full circle, yes. (laughs) I just thought it was like a thing that um, most developers had to come in wearing hoodies. Absolutely. I feel like if I wore a suit, people wouldn't respect me. So (laughs) I wear (laughs) t-shirts. That's not true. We respect you no matter what. And I'm joking. I love love, uh, all of that stuff. You can just come in wearing your Corda t-shirt hoodie. Amen. You're in, I'm you're set. in uniform. I'm set. I love it. So I have you in here today because I've talked about nodes before with other people. And because I know such a basic version of what a node is, I would love to hear from you what a node is. Sure. Yeah. And we get a lot of questions about this. I think there's a bit of confusion because node is such a generic term. And mm-hmm. I guess in, in programming lingo, right, we would call this overloaded, meaning that it has many meanings. Mm-hmm. And so it's really hard because all these terms are very abstract. So a node is basically something called a JVM. And so if you're not technical, that is the Java Virtual Machine, mm-hmm. which is to say it's a little it's a little space, it's a little bucket. I've even referred to it with people as a Tupperware container that <laughs> holds the code. Right, so that's it's really where the Corda application runs, and then inside of the node, you can deploy your own application. So in that little Tupperware container, you can put in other little Tupperware containers, which are your actual core DApps, and mm-hmm. those are your Corda applications. And okay. that's it. And it's really so. It's it's really these things are buckets of buckets of buckets, right? And so mm-hmm. we have core DApps. You have many of them, which are deployed onto a single node, okay. and then you can have one or more nodes deployed onto an actual what's called a virtual machine which lives somewhere in a data center or a cloud. Okay, so it, it the virtual machine is like the biggest bucket, and then the node is in the virtual machine, and then the cord apps are in the node. Exactly, it's buckets all the way down. Okay, so question for you. Mm-hmm. On my Java virtual machine, can, I can have a few nodes, right? Or uh, no? Yeah, you, well, the, the node is a Java virtual machine. Oh, it is. Yeah, and that's what's so confusing. So it's labeled, yeah. so that Tupperware container is labeled node. <laughs> <laughs> Java virtual machine. So then what's the difference between a Java virtual machine and a node? Uh, is it a type of node? Well, uh, yeah, so uh, yeah, a, a node is a type of JVM. So you can run many things in a JVM okay. because in the end, Corda is built in Java. So we, yep. we, or actually it's built in Kotlin, which compiles, sorry, I'm getting a little more technical here, but it compiles no, into a, a Java bytecode, which is what runs inside of a Java virtual machine. And so it's a particular kind. And so you can run all kinds of different applications in a JVM. 
but that's what we've chosen as well. So that node is an application running in the JVM. I don't know if that makes yeah. It does make sense. I think. Yeah. So the app runs on the the Corda node JVM, which runs on the virtual machine itself, which runs on a computer somewhere in a data center somewhere. Yeah, it's layers and layers, and it's like an architectural dig, right? Going all the way down to the bottom. You need to really get into a mental like place to be able to understand mm-hmm. this as a layperson. It really is, and honestly, I, this is one I whiteboard out. So the tools in my trade are whiteboard markers. So I stand mm-hmm. up on the thing, and then I draw out the layers and layers and layers and layers and buckets, and, and that really it. helps with it a lot. Because so, that's yeah. the best way, I think, for you to visualize it. But I think I have a good picture in my head from what you've said, despite me getting kind of confused halfway through. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. Don't worry about it. You're not the first nor the last. It's, I came into this like, oh, this is rookie hour. We're talking about nodes. <laughs> and I still got confused. We're going to have you quarter certified by the end of this. Oh, that's the goal. Yes, there we go. My That'll coworker, be my goal. Chase Gordon, and I keep saying that we're just going to shock the whole organization and get quarter certified. Yes. And everyone's going to be like, yes. wait. What? Catherine and Chase are Corda certified? Well, actually, you were the first person ever to be Corda certified, correct? That's, that's right. So I put the exam together with the help of one of our Dev Relations leads named Joel Dudley, and mm-hmm. it was a very excellent program to put together. We've got hundreds and hundreds of folks now who are now Corda certified. Yeah, we do. We have a lot. Um, and it's really cool. You can kind of show it off on LinkedIn. Yeah. And uh I think it would just be so funny if Chase and I got Corda certified. I might be able to help make that happen. Oh my gosh, you can be my teacher. <laughs> yes. I'll just have you in the studio all the podcast time. Podcast by podcast by podcast. <laughs> I'll get there eventually. Yeah, well the good news is it's un- it's untimed, so you can take as long as you want. Oh. It's completely open book, so you can read the docs, and when it still doesn't make sense, go back and read the docs again, mm-hmm. and you can do it as many times as you want. So it's really it's really designed such that you will eventually get certified, yeah. even if it takes a couple tries. There's really no harm in retaking it. Not a problem at all. Really cool. So we recently put up on our website uh, two pages, one on quarter certification and one on uh, quarter training. That's right. And it has a lot of that information on there. So anyone who wants to get quarter trained, um, learn more about quarter, get all those docs and lessonly lessons and all that, that is on r3.com slash dash training. And then certification is r3.com slash dash certification. Sounds great. I'll, I'll link that in the thing so you guys don't have to yeah. remember. And actually, one last thing I want to plug here, too, is in the education front, I do a lot of work as well. And we've also just released our online education as well. Mm-hmm. And so there's a there's an online self-guided version of education, which is available on Udemy. Mm-hmm. So if you go to udemy.com slash Corda dash development, I believe, we'll add it in the link, the show yeah. notes as well. Uh, we have our classes available online there as well, if you would prefer to take that on your own time. Very cool. Thank you so much, Austin. Great. Thanks, Catherine. I have Charles Manning on the line. Charles, thank you for joining me. Where are you dialing in from? You bet. It's nice to nice to join. I am coming from our world headquarters, which is a, a unique place. It's actually a small ski resort town with a big lake in North Idaho called Sandpoint, Idaho. Oh, that sounds amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Not quite like New York City. No, I'm in New York a lot. I'm in San Francisco a lot. We have teams and sellers that are in each one of those locations, but it's it's really terrific to be able to be headquartered here. You feel like you're on vacation when you come home. That sounds great. I look forward to you inviting me over there. Yeah. 
<laughs> just kidding. But when you are in New York, you should definitely come by the office. Yeah. Um, and then maybe we can record a special next episode. Be great. Um, so let's get started. So let's talk a little bit about yourself. Um, can you start off with talking a little bit about Kochava and then leading into exchange? You bet. You bet. And in fact, the story of Kochava is really important in the context of exchange um, because mm-hmm. it's kind of our preface. So Kochava is a seven-year-old company. We're profitable. We're bootstrapped. We build technology that measures advertisement placements all over the internet, all over the the web and on mobile devices on behalf of advertisers. So mm-hmm. our tool set is a SaaS tool set that is a, a, a portal or a dashboard where big advertisers, companies like McDonald's or Dunkin' Donuts or NBC, Turner, Netflix, you know, big companies that promote their apps um, or they promote their websites, they promote their content, they need a mechanism to be able to track how effective their ads are. They want to see how many placements are out there, um, how many people click on those ads, how many people then result in doing something about those ads, like a, what's called a conversion. And, mm-hmm. and in our industry, that's called attribution. And so we're, we're a leading attribution vendor that attributes what ads result in what actions. And we've built quite a exciting business as a, as a leader in this space. And mm-hmm. about three years ago, Um, So end of 15, I uh, was really intrigued because of the, um, call it mid-15, I suppose, uh, the the Ethereum beta was kind of kicking off. And I was intrigued by this notion of cryptocurrencies, but but specifically really intrigued by blockchain technology as as an enabling technology in DLT. And um, as a you know, as, as the CEO of this measurement company that provides measurement and tracking of all these ads, my thought was, uh, my goodness, if we built a special purpose blockchain that specifically supports the digital advertising ecosystem, there's a whole bunch of nonsense that happens in digital ads that would go away. And we, <laughs> we could build that and we could still, as Kochava, serve our customers as a layering effect on top of that. And this could be like a hugely transformational thing in this industry. And I just got so excited about it. And, um, you know, the, the great thing about being a CEO is that you can, even if it doesn't make any sense, you can decide to put one or two engineers on a project um, and you can just decide to do that. And so we, <laughs> we did that. And we started prototyping some stuff and, you know, obviously we didn't talk about it at all because we, we were worried that our, our customers or the ecosystem would think that in end of 2015, we were getting distracted talking about blockchain, but mm-hmm. really believed that there was something there. And we wanted to, we wanted to just wanted to make sure that we weren't crazy and um, kind of roll the tape fast forward last year, October. So October of 17, we started talking about it publicly. And sure enough, because the kind of ICO craze was hitting on all cylinders, um, there, there was a lot more awareness of blockchain. That, you know, you might remember that October was the time period that um, uh, was kind of a run up towards a really big bull run on crypto. Uh, oh yeah. Yeah. So everyone I was aware of it. Time that all my friends found out what I actually did. Exactly. They're like, so this is what you do. Exactly. 
I was thinking, not quite, but you're getting there. At least we're getting closer. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so fascinatingly enough, that was kind of our coming out time period. And obviously, the, the market's much more of a bear market. But the, the cool thing is, unlike so many blockchain projects or blockchain efforts, we're not, um, you know, we're not we're not using this as a financing exercise. We really think there's a transformational opportunity in the digital advertising space. And so whether it's a bull market or a bear market, we are, uh, we're all for how blockchain will absolutely impact digital ads. And we believe that we're uniquely positioned to help facilitate that. And we're excited about it. Yeah, no, definitely. I love hearing about all of these people who have these, especially in your case, you have a successful running business and then thinking about ways, like how can we improve this using this uh, technology? And so many people are turning to blockchain with experimenting and just kind of figuring out since it's such new technology, how it would be best for them. So then that led you to Exchange. Can you talk a little bit about that? You bet. So Exchange is this project. And what it, what we really uh, set out to do was to, to build a, um, a, a standalone system that was, that was very specifically built to cater to what we know is required in digital advertising. We have a, we have a, both a unique perspective because we've been in this space for so long, but we also have a, a, a respected perspective um, because we've been in this for so long. So we, if you, if you are a, a group of people in a garage building a blockchain project to quote disrupt digital advertising, you're going to find yourself um, fighting against a whole bunch of different people who will, will never let you see the light of day in your project. Mm-hmm. And, Kuchava is this independent referee as a measurement company, and we've designed this blockchain framework ranging from the peer-to-peer protocol to the consensus engine to the ledger framework to the way in which we do ledger to consensus uh, with our, 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 our delegated randomized proof-of-stake model with mm-hmm. first-class actors <clears throat> that are critical to the success of the project designed into the system. So we have a role for a company like a Nielsen, and we have a role for a company like um, a DSP, like a Media Math, uh, or a Trade Desk, which are both very popular and and successful uh, DSPs. We have a role for SSPs so that exchange is not actually competitive with them. We have a role for individual pubs. And we've done this so that we could take all the benefits of blockchain, which is transparency and efficiency, without attempting to recreate the entire wheel and become enemy of everyone, which is what's interestingly enough, I think happens a lot with these blockchain projects. You have people who Mm -hmm. really understand blockchain, but they don't understand anything about the industry they're targeting and they'll never get adopted and they'll never get accepted. And, And I think that's the difference with what we're doing with exchange. Yeah, no, I agree. I had a similar conversation, um, with someone recently about, everyone having to find their niche and what blockchain is amazing. It's great, but it's only as good as the apps and the use cases that are uh, actually using blockchain, like the vision. Right. So what are the uh, capabilities that blockchain enables for, for this industry? Yep. So blockchain um, solves two core problems that are pretty critical in digital advertising. So just to back up a little bit, digital advertising is a $230 billion market. It is made up of publishers who serve the ads Mm -hmm. and advertisers who buy the ads. 
And then the third element of this is consumers who view the ads and do something about it. Mm-hmm. And digital advertising includes web as well as mobile. It does not include TV. TV is another $300 billion space and is equally messed up as digital. <laughs> we're, we're just focusing on digital for now, but we think there's an opportunity to expand in other arenas. Mm-hmm. Now, Looking at that spectrum, let's look then at um, what is digital advertising? Well, when you sell an ad, you're placing it on a website or on a mobile device. And as soon as that ad shows up, your product has been delivered. And unlike almost any other industry where you have to like manufacture it or you have to ship it on a truck or you have to get it on a train or put it in front of a retail big box store, the great thing about digital ads is it's completely frictionless because as soon as you show that ad, which is all digital, you've now delivered your product. And so there is there are very few industries um, that have as frictionless an environment where blockchain can be this mechanism to track the delivery of that ad as well as track the payment, track the verification and confirmation that it was seen. And so all those great as- aspects about Uh, digital advertising is also one of the biggest downfalls. This is why fraud is so prevalent in digital advertising, because it's super simple to just inject bad ads that Mm -hmm. aren't really ads, or it's super simple to have a um, a bot be a fictitious audience that's looking at your ads, and then therefore you're not really paying for something that's useful. And so what's great about blockchain is that it's got this cryptographic framework to confirm identity of all the actors in the ecosystem. So if you've got a publisher serving uh, an ad and a placement, there is a cryptographic wallet that that backs behind that. And if there's consistently uh, performance alignments where uh, that particular publisher isn't serving as many, or um, there's a lot of uh, nuanced changes in performance and volume. There's a, an attach rate to that specific wallet, and you know who they are. Whereas today, they could be abstracted very significantly. And so th- these are the reasons why we believe blockchain is so critical. So it's around targeting audiences. It's around measuring audiences, it's around rating your transaction, and it's around having a common ledger where everyone's on the same page of data. Uh, Those are the things that make blockchain unique for digital advertising. Yeah, I think um, one way I can relate to this, this is probably such a smaller scale thing than what you're talking about. But recently, I do a lot of our social media. Oh, cool. um, probably social media advertising. We don't really spend any money here at R3 on, we don't spend actually any money at all on advertising. Um, just cause we don't, we're such a small startup. We don't have the money to do that. But recently I've been throwing like a hundred bucks here at a tweet or like a hundred dollars yeah. at a LinkedIn post. And actually I kind of do relate to what you're saying just with there's just a lot of steps in the process and um, that that's only on a smaller scale yep kind of thing I don't like I would love to have a platform that has all this information yeah on there well and the yeah. other great thing you know that blockchain is well known for a common ledger but you also know that blockchain is well known for its protocols that you can you can like send out a protocol request if that dap or that particular protocol blockchain supports it to do something and that that something could be you know i want to transfer this eth amount to this person and and that's something that's supported but in in our implementation for exchange that protocol is includes things like 
audience discovery or demand discovery. So like, let's say we go through that example that you just described and you want to promote a particular, um, you know, creative that's this little banner or a particular video that's talking about R3. Um, mm-hmm. But you know that the audience that you care about are, let's say, um, enterprise um, uh, employees who work for one of these following 50 different companies who live in this region and have these kind of dynamics and these attributes. Mm-hmm. Our protocol within Exchange incorporates all of that targeting capacity without necessarily exposing the PII, the, the personally identifiable information. And so now all of a sudden, you're just Joe Schmo random, and it is as useful as using Facebook to target audiences, but those audiences are actually made up of all these decentralized nodes metadata, and they know really interesting things about their audiences, and they're now merchandising their audiences in a meaningful way so they can sell media. And so it's this beautiful decentralized way of you know, addressing audiences that matter to you and, and conveying messages that are important. Yeah, that's really cool. I'm just thinking about all the steps that I had to do um, with our intern, Kelly, trying to figure out like the audiences that we were um, going to target. But then also it's such a good point with like bots. We have so many bots that will kind of tweet at us right away or look at our things. So maybe that some of that's wasted money, which is why your uh, exchange would be really important. Yep, exactly. Very cool. So how are major players like Facebook and Google reacting to this technology? Yeah. So, you know, Facebook and Google have really demonstrated a, a phenomenal engine. Uh, they're, they're, you know, they represent 50% of all the dollars spent uh, on digital ads. Wow. You know, pe- people who spend money on digital ads, they spend it 50% with those two vendors. So they... They understand the need. They make it super simple for advertisers to spend money at scale and to have precision targeting at scale. Mm-hmm. And um, they've got a good thing going. Um, as they grow, they're going to have to include more and more publishers to be inside of their network so that there's more available inventory that they can sell. And what Exchange really represents is kind of a third option. So you've got Google, you've got Facebook. And in our belief, we believe the third kind of rail on the track is exchange. So every everything else outside of Facebook and Google should be as simple it is, as it is to buy on Google and Facebook, but you should be able to do it with an open protocol. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we've often been asked, do you think Facebook and Google ever join exchange? Obviously the invite would be open. It would be, it's an mm-hmm. open protocol. We, we think the likelihood is low that that would happen immediately because they've, you know, they've got a good system running that they probably quite enjoy. But who knows? Maybe over time they do end up um, incorporating exchange as a mechanism to buy, um, because I think both companies are are quite innovative and and they're not past the idea of looking at uh, what are what are good options. You, yeah. you see, Facebook has already built a, an awesome uh, little group of uh, a team that's looking at blockchain uh, across the company, and I suspect it's not going to be in one particular area or another. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, data sovereignty is a is a really big issue, and it's it's impacted Facebook around questions of privacy and access to data. Um, you know, Facebook is one of the largest messengers out there with with their messenger app, and and obviously WhatsApp. You know, to what extent 
Will there be person-to-person wallet integration for marketplace or buying? Mm-hmm. Uh, Facebook could certainly start to use blockchain around that. Um, they're one of the largest uh, publishers that sell advertising, uh, so they could they could there could be something there. So there's, I think the we're we're not even through the first inning of a nine inning series of where blockchain mm-hmm. affects all of these big companies for sure. Yeah. No, definitely. I agree. I'm very interested to see kind of where, what they're, I guess Google, Google's such a big company. These are such big companies. They're going to focus on blockchain for different use cases, I, I assume. Yep. Um, so let's talk a little bit about what's a daily rolling chain and what's the significance of that? Can you give us a little background? Yeah. I have to say, um, you had just for the sake of the audience, you had prepped that you wanted to ask about that, and I, my jaw hit the hit the desk. I was shocked that a you had read into that, and b you wanted to ask about it. I mean, it's a super cool capability. Um, but, but one, I did want to ask about that because of that, but I genuinely do want to know, and I want to hear it from you. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, consensus is a hot topic, uh, obviously. Yeah in blockchain and people love to just wax philosophically about consensus and different approaches and you know to to break it down in a, in its most simplistic form and obviously there's different renditions of this but to break it mm-hmm. down in its most simplistic form in the early days in the beginning consensus was considered every transaction reaching consensus from every node and there's some mm-hmm. fundamental challenges with it but one of the most significant ones is speed uh, another big problem is is storage because if you have a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of data, it means that every node has to have all that data. And the pruning, while in existence, the pruning was not aggressive enough for the amount of data that was required. So when we were looking at how do we apply blockchain to digital advertising, there's two core issues. One was we had to have a consensus engine was super fast, aka real time. And we need to handle extremely high volumes of data, aka millions of transactions a second. And the reason is because every single ad impression is like a trade in our system. Mm -hmm. So if you think about every ad that shows up on every browser and every phone worldwide every second, you've got billions, billions and billions and billions of impressions. And whatever you build has to be able to support that kind of volume. Now you could you could downshift and say, well, that's not really true. You could have on the blockchain all of the summary results. And that's true, you could have that. But why the hell do you need a blockchain if you're just gonna have summary results? You should have transaction level detail because that's the whole effing issue is <laughs> the difference between different, different people's perspectives on, on uh, that transactional data and record level data. And we're a big record level shop. Like we believe that's that fidelity of data is really important. Great. So a system needs to be able to work in real time, handle millions of transactions a second. And um, what that results in, oh, and there has to be an aggressive pruning exercise because so much data means that you're not going to be able to have a reason to store that if you're just an individual consensus validator node versus someone who's actually party to the transaction has a reason to store it. So we came up with this concept of DRC, your daily rolling chain, in conjunction with our consensus engine. And the the premise is our consensus works on a a POS model that's both um, randomized and and using a delegated stake approach, which means... um, 
not only could you have stake yourself and then have enough stake to be elected as a leader for validation as a validator node, but others can delegate their stake to you and it's kind of a rev share model. So there's economic interest in having stake outside of just using the token for buying and selling media. Great. The randomized part in that picture um, says that not every validator node is going to validate every transaction. On the contrary, um, our, our ledger model is highly, highly sharded. And so different validator nodes actually perform consensus on different dimensions of the chain based on different smart contracts. And so like you could be buying media from a publisher to promote, um, you know, your your new uh, podcast or some new event that you're going to be doing, mm -hmm. that um, that media buy is actually manifested in a smart contract. And then that smart contract has all of the impressions related and clicks related and conversions related to that particular IO. There could be 50 different um, validator nodes that are participating and doing consensus for your specific smart contract separate from another 50 that are doing it for other people and so it's an it's a uh, unlimitedly scaled strategy to do both consensus uh, and um, distributed persistence great so the drc the concept of the drc is that every single node unless they're a full node uh, they don't have any value and reason to store data beyond uh, a 24-hour cycle. And mm -hmm. so that means that validator nodes don't have to incur the cost to persist all of this information uh, and have the backup of all of these hashes. They can rely on high reputational uh, nodes that are full nodes that make up the hashes for which they are now uh, performing consensus against. And that's only for the IOs that matter that are still live and running. So it really kind of changes the whole model that yes, blockchain is a per perpetual and forever thing. The ledger of blockchain is forever, um, but it, it adds more transience uh, to the persistence of it while, while ensuring that the hash values are verifiable. So you know that you are, you are accurate and nothing's been modified. So um, we wanted to call that a name because who the hell has the time to describe everything I just described? And we reduced it down to the notion of a DRC, which is a daily rolling chain. Well, thank you for the explanation. Uh, I loved that that you got a little technical, but I still can understand it. <laughs> oh, good. Good. <laughs> Because I am not a technical person. However, um, that does make a lot of sense. So thank you for explaining that um, to me. I kind of, it, it's interesting about um, exchange. And I love that you had started kind of doing some work in the background uh, with developers a few years ago and then kind of rolled it out because you have like, I feel like you guys are uh, have a leg up now yep. because you had all of this development kind of to the side and you kind of figured out what needed to be done where. Yeah. Uh, probably before other agencies started looking into this. Yeah, for sure. I mean, like right now across all of our customers, we have about a million to a million and a half clicks that we track every minute. So our pipes are already looking at all this stuff. And we've, over the course of all of this work, spooled off that 
that traffic to say, okay, if we were to run every single one of our customers on exchange, on a blockchain, what are the implications? Can we handle it? Let's set up a mini network of nodes. Can we keep up to date on consensus? And so like, unlike many projects, we have this operational uh, engine that we're just running, serving customers on that, that really helps us. Um, and I'm, I'm thrilled that that's the case because I think it, it means for a, a successful project. Yeah, it definitely sounds like it. So are other um, agencies picking up blockchain too? Like, do you have any like competitors really in the space right now? Yeah. So there are, um, there are a handful of projects that are, quote, um, addressing digital advertising and blockchain. Mm -hmm. And the problem with uh, those two phrases is that's like... uh, uh, I guess it's, you know, it's just so broad. Um, <laughs> there are so many different types of things you could do. Like we are a B2B mechanism to buying and selling media. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you just say the phrase digital advertising and blockchain, you could think of a whole bunch of things. So like BAT, That's which is funny. the ba- yeah basic attention token, well-known, great team addressing a totally different thing. And yet they are digital advertising and blockchain. Yeah. Um, so it's not really competitive, but I think from a mindset perspective, people put them in the same cloud bucket. Um, what they're doing is very cool and we're working to work with them. Um, uh, they're kind of verifying that people actually see the ads and that they give those ads attention. And we see that as an awesomely valuable thing. And they're using their Brave browser as a mechanism to do that validation. We think there's actually a a linkage between what Exchange is doing and what BAT is doing. And there's some opportunities. Um, There are a number of data sovereignty projects that are like end users should be in charge of their own data. They should be giving opt-in and um, access to their own data. And the purpose is for digital advertising. Awesome. We think there's an opportunity for projects like that to work with Exchange because there's this mechanism where you have to go find the audiences and you want to be conformant to opt-in and you want to potentially pay them in that exchange of value. Um, So there's a a great interlinkage. In terms of competition, um, there really aren't projects that are looking at a protocol level. Uh, the buying and selling of media at a at an open basis. Um, the, the the projects that are potentially competitive uh, aren't open protocols. They're trying to build a ad network business that's backed by a blockchain uh, as a mechanism. But it you know it's tough to tough to compete with a free protocol, which is what we are. So I don't I don't give them a lot of legs. You've sold me on this. Awesome. <laughs> so hopefully our listeners will feel the same. So if anyone wants to learn more, where should they go to learn more about Cochava, Exchange, yourself? Um, so next step for Cochava and Exchange, it's really about rollout. You know, Cochava continues to be a leader in our space. We're going to continue to grow. Um, and that's great. Exchange is a long play. You know, we... We think of it as a 24 to 36 month cycle because while we have a sandbox implementation going out in September and testnet going out in uh, Q4, um, this is a this is a big play that that takes a long period of time and and we're committed to the long play of it because it's um, such an awesome opportunity. So we're just going to continue to sell product and serve our customers and and innovate. 
for sure. I feel with uh, at R3 with Corda, um, there's just so much hype around all of this stuff, but there's so much work to do. Um, and it's yeah. definitely a long play, but it's really cool seeing the light at the end of the tunnel and seeing, oh, blockchain enables us to do this and that. And um, I, I'm it sounds like you guys really took advantage of that pretty early on before the the blockchain bubble, Bitcoin bubble happened and now everyone's yeah. talking about it. Right, exactly. <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming on. I don't want to take up too much of your time. So I look forward to seeing you in Idaho. Yeah, I look forward to it too. That'll be fun. <laughs> Just kidding. Have a good one. Thank you so much. Great, thanks. Hope you enjoyed this episode. A quick shameless reminder to download our Corda Enterprise trial. It's free, so why the heck not? Learn more at r3.com slash Corda enterprise. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and live your life in the fast chain.